One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman, reunited with Steve Harmison and looking back at day two of the first test between England and South Africa at Lords. Thanks for listening to the following on podcast. So if you're listening by now, you almost certainly know South Africa have just walked off the field just in front of me right now. They're walking right now. Umpires just going up the steps and they've got a decent lead, South Africa. Bowling England out for 165. Ollie Pope top scoring was 73. Kagiso Rabada with a quite brilliant 5 for 52. It didn't look enough, although Neil Manthorpe yesterday saying that 220 would have been plenty. Uh, and at one point, it looked like he may be right. Um, S- South Africa, after a decent start, 85 for the first wicket, subsiding uh, in the middle of order, just after T, actually. 158 for two they were at that stage uh, before they lost at Markram. Third ball after the break. Uh, good bit of bowling from Jack Leach. Um, the uh, Sorrel Ervier, I'll get that name right by the end of the tour, I promise, Bounced out by Ben Stokes for 73. Van der Dussen trapped LBW by the same bowler for 19. And uh, when uh, uh, Carl Verena was uh, dismissed to be Stuart Brawl's 100th Lord's wicket, uh, the lead uh, for South Africa, just around 50, not going anywhere. It looked like England were back in the game. However, uh, Keshav Maharaj, um, who was uh, the last man out on the day for 41, and also Marco Jonsson, who uh, smashed merrily away, have dragged South Africa back into ascendancy. 289 for seven at Stumps on day two. A leader of 124. And uh, really, England are going to have to play uh, bloody well to get their way back into this match. They've done that this year already, though, four times. So uh, don't rule them out just yet. Anyway, plenty to talk about here on the following on podcast with myself, John Norman and Steve Harmison. Story of the day. So, Harmy, uh, good to see you. It's been a while. 
Um, I've been loving the Cricket Collective, by the way. Um, so where do we start? I'll tell you where we start. We'll start with Ben Stokes, because we could talk about the game, the game position, the good bowling from Rabada, uh, some decent batting from South Africa, the comeback from England, and then uh, 45 minutes of tired cricket, I'd say. But for me, you know, what I will remember most from day two at Lords was watching Ben Stokes bowl. You know, he brought himself into the attack when England needed some inspiration. Uh, the game was drifting. Matt Potts had been expensive, but he had picked up uh, the wicket of Peterson. Uh, and Stokes knew he had to provide the difference. He did do that. He picked up two wickets, three in the end. But at what cost? Because he is clearly injured. Um, I was sitting here with Neil Manthorpe and I was saying to him, reminds me of Freddie Flintoff back in the day when you could almost hear his, his knee, you know, essentially the, 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 uh, the ligaments and, and whatever else makes up a knee, the bone and the, the tendons all kind of crunching alongside each other. Like, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're working way through the gears. It was similar today, but the fear is we knew what happened to Freddie Flintoff. Well, the same thing happened to Ben Stokes if he continues continues doing that. Yeah, it is a huge a huge concern that we have to keep going back to Ben to do that sort of role. Um, that game you're talking about was against Sri Lanka, and I didn't play in the game, but I remember talking to Fred about it. He was captain. I think he had about four or five drop catches, and he said, "I bowled as many overs, which I think it was in and around 50, 52. And his idea was, his, his mentality was, well, we can't catch him. I'm just going to keep bowling. I'm going to keep bowling, keep bowling. And he, that was the sort of start and the, the sort of end of his of his career. You know, he had his knee. Um, he basically, his knee microfractured. What that means is they basically split your kneecap, put it back together again. Um, and the ramifications of that, not only in professional career, but after professional career, is something that Ben Stokes doesn't want to be going down. Really doesn't want to be going down. Um, we can talk about the bowling as much as we want. Right? And we can say you know, where we are in the contest. If South Africa bat first on a normal day in a test match game, you sit here and you go 289 for seven off 77 overs, that's a good, that's a pretty good day. But our batting has let us down once again. And when our batting lets us down, we have to turn to Ben. Always have to turn to Ben. Because the right thing is to bring Broad and Anderson back. They are our two best bowlers, most durable bowlers, because yeah, everybody else is being being injured. So our pots was a, a little bit it looked as though he was he was rusty from playing the longer format of the game. Um but you can't put too much pressure on that young man's shoulders. But the old bowl in and around the same pace, and then when you need something different, when you need your your sort of quick bowler, it is Ben Stokes, your enforcer. And that the longer that goes on with the body he's got, the more we are potentially choking off test matches as England captain, as England Premier All Rounder, potentially England cricketer, full stop. Um, and that's a slight concern at this minute in time because I'm not sure how many test matches. I'm not sure the last test match I have seen Ben Stokes bowl in a game, full game, without me thinking he's wincing. He's got an injury. There's something not quite right here, whether it's his toe, whether it's his his, um, his side, whether it's his knee. 
he's got the biggest heart going and he'll do everything he possibly can for the team. But there does become a breaking point the longer you go on in your career and the age you start getting into your 30s. And that is something I think England need to look at. There's been a lot of talk about before the game between the two sets of players and two sets of management about basketball. I hate that terminology and I know Brendan hates it as well. What a lot of people are thinking is that this is sixes and fours and we're going out and playing, you know, playing sort of kamikaze cricket. It's not that. My my understanding of what basketball is or what Brendan McCullum is, is your play your game as clear and as free, as minded as you possibly can. And if you get into a position where you doubt what you're doing, take the positive option. Now, Basball's got to come into Ben Stokes now because somebody's going to have to go to him and tap him on the shoulder and say, right, the positive outcome of this situation is you are going to have to stop bowling like that because you're going to fit your... You have retired from one-day cricket to prolong your test match career. I think Ben said it himself. I think oh, actually Brendan said it. Easy said it. Ben Stokes to play 100, 120, 125 test matches. He plays 125 test matches if he doesn't bowl like that. If he bowls like that, he probably won't play 100. And I'm not saying that through anything, you know, sinister or anything like that, because I'm seeing him constantly, constantly getting, coming up injury, uh, with an injury. But I've seen this happen to too many people before. When we need a fast bowler, you pick a fast bowler. If we don't, if we don't feel as though we need a fast bowler, then don't pick one. And, I've had, and people all listen to this and go, oh, we haven't got one. There are bowlers around the traps there that bowl 90 mile an hour, 85, 90 mile an hour. We've just seen, we've just seen a 35-year-old Richard Gleeson play one-day cricket for England and bowl 90 mile an hour, right? If we need a 90 mile an hour bowler in a game, find one, pick one. But if that's, and that's our game plan. If it's not our game plan, which I don't think it is, we don't need it because I think, Broad Anderson Potts is a good enough bowling attack for four test matches this summer. Yes, right, perfect. One of them wasn't on it today. Potts wasn't on it as much. Broad in the middle session didn't bowl as well as he would like. I don't think we knew. I think only Jimmy really used the newish ball well. Then all of a sudden we run the risk of getting into an older ball situation. Him's not happening. We need somebody, something different, and that's where Ben comes in. Not going to be there too much longer if he keeps bowling the way he bowls. But is there anyone who is going to be able to do that? Brendan McCollum should do it. Brendan McCollum's got to do it. And it's not a it's not a it's not a negative conversation to have. It's to sit it's sit, sit down and say, right, Ben, this is our game plan. And if this is our game plan, we get to this point, then we don't really want you to do it. Not to the extent of where you're doing it. Because something's clearly not right. Something's not right in your knee. And we need we, we you are too important. You've proved, you've proved four test matches this summer. Your captaincy is unbelievable. Your captaincy is game-changing. We can't lose that because we don't just lose a, a player. If ben, ben Stokes gets injured, we, we lose our captain. And that's something I think Ben's got to understand that if he's going to keep bowling the way he's bowling like that, his knee is eventually going to break. And if he breaks, he can't play as a batsman. You can't play on one leg. So we don't just lose our bowler that f- fills in four or five overs hit every now and again here and there. We don't just lose a batsman as well. We lose a captain. We lose a leader that is not only leading from the front. He, is, he has got 
other teams talking about about England. You know, Dean Elgar, all he did for the for the for three days before the Test match was talking about you know the the in the fear England. And teams will fear England if they keep playing the way they play, and have the mentality the way they're playing. They'll not fear England if Ben Stokes is not leading them, because we've seen what's happened before: clarity of thought, decision making, positive outcomes. We were one from seven. We are now four from four, winning. If he breaks down, for me, it's, it's too big of a gamble. Now this baseball stuff is get to a point and take the positive outcome. Well, I'm sorry. We got to this point now. We have the positive outcome is we have to limit how much of this kid bought because it's going to have a ram- huge ramification if he misses games. Wow. Well, look, uh, we will return to this. Let's look at some of the more positive aspects to today. Uh, well, first up, Gagiso Robardo, another guy on doubted talent. He had his own injury concerns coming into the match. Um, but, you know, he, he just proved just how important a player he is for South Africa. It's just a shame he's not going to be able to do that more often in the, in the whites. Yeah, that's, that's for further down the line of where South African cricket is going to be in comes test matches. He has got a ridiculous record when it comes to test match cricket. Um, I'm sure there's people saying to him, money, 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 which undoubtedly he is a huge commodity in the in the white ball game. But I'm just seeing him technically too. Well, he's got 245 test match wickets. He, this kid could easily get 450, 500 um, because he is that good. Um, and people say, oh, he went off the boil in the last two years. I don't think he did. I just think he was that good early in his career that they had to keep playing him. They had to put him out there because he was so ta- He is so talented. And I think for the last two years, he's possibly mentally fatigued, body fatigued, and he hasn't produced what he, what the talent is, obviously has got hey, to fulfil hey, the talent. Do you want a, do you want a stat? stat? He was excellent. Do you want a stat? Yeah. I saw this earlier. I'll give credit to the person who tweeted it. Let me just have a quick look. This is Sammy, at Sammy5456. No fast bowler has taken more wickets than Rabada since his debut. Okay. So since he debuted in 2015, he's taken 245 wickets. Second on that list, Stuart Broad, 237. Third, Jimmy Anderson. Broad has played 17 tests more than Rabada, and Anderson's played 10 tests more than Rabada. And Rabada has taken more wickets than both of them. Uh, it's, uh, he, has, he, well, look, he, may, he may have gone off the boil for a test or two, but I'll put it to you. It's because he's just not, he's not able to play. You know, if, it, if it's a bit like Kane Williamson and Ross Taylor's record. Just imagine how many runs they would have scored if they played as many tests as uh, some of the English. Yeah, 100%. I just think that, that he's just a, a, a superb talent. And it, it'll, it'll be intriguing to see where he is in three years' time. You know, how many wickets he's got in the last three years compared to how much he got in the first three years of his career to what he's going to get in the next three years and how much he plays. Um, if he plays and continues to play every test match South Africa pick him for or or available for, I've got no doubt he'll go and get close to the numbers that Dale Stane got, if not more than Dale Stane, who is, I think, is the leading wicket-taker in in South African cricket. He'll not get anywhere near Broad and Anderson because he'll not play as many test matches as Broad and Anderson. Um, But that stat there tells you everything because Broad and Anderson... In, since 2015 have been unbelievable are two of the greatest bowlers that's ever performed in, in Test Match 
cricket. So th- there was, I said before the game, on, on the Cricket Collective and you know, various different other sort of interviews previewing this this series. Rabada is the, the series for me. I think both batting units are poor. I think both bowling attacks ha- have got qualities to potentially get 20 wickets. I think England will take longer, but they've got more control than what South Africa have got. One thing South Africa have got, they've got a game changer and that game changer is Rabada and he proved in that first innings. England, I can slam England you know, for for getting a low score, but really, Lee's played a poor shot. Johnny played away from his body. I thought England were got out, and that was down to Rabada in that first innings. Um, it'll be interesting to see now the wicket sort of settled down a touch. And if the sun's out, England are so far behind the game, they're going to have to bat well in the third innings. And the game changer is if Kagisa Rabada puts the ball in an area like he did in the first innings, then I, I can only see one team winning this contest, and that would be that would be South Africa. Uh, Jack Leach bowled well though again, didn't he? He's, um, it was a weird moment actually because uh, Matt Potts, who hadn't bowled particularly well, he got the wicket of Peterson, scores 138 for two at that stage, and actually Leach was just about to come on to bowl. And so, of course, you want to take a wicket. But essentially, it delayed Leach's introduction to the game. And actually, in a weird way, it almost would have uh, helped England, I think, if Peterson hadn't got out, Leach would have come on and they would have realised that actually there was, there was something there for the spinner, which I don't think they realised uh, until maybe a little bit too late. Yeah, I think that's, that's spot on. And I thought, I thought Jack bowled really nicely. Then they took him off. I couldn't understand why they took him off and then changed to... Yeah, they took it. They switched to men's, which that was that. There was there was some strange things happened today. Some of the strange fields and stuff like that. But I, I think obviously when you've got a low total, it's as a captain, it's so hard. You've literally got to be a good. You, you you'll be a good bluffer. Yeah, you, know, you got to think right. Yeah, you know, put man there, put man there, and you you're, you're doing it in hope more than more than anything else because you need something to happen. You can't just let it plod along and the opposition go and get. Yeah, a score slowly but surely get score. You have to take wickets because you've only got 165 on the board. I thought Jack bowled really well. I actually think spinners at Lords do bowl well because of the slope and you use the slope through DRS. Um, and yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. I don't think England realised there was as much in it for Jack, or much in it for the spinner. Um, be- not before it was too late, but before the game had got a long way down the line, especially when you had such a low total of one. 65 and he give he give Ben control um he looked threatening uh, he beat the outside edge a few times um he used the slope wisely um it's been the the one thing it's been in this in this crazy sort of new regime it seems to have been a positive it's been a the biggest positive for me one of the biggest positives for me is the way Jack Leach has performed and the way he's bowled because he went he was going down the road of if he continues to pull, bowl with his head down and his shoulders slumped, he he'd be out of the test team by the middle of the summer and you'll never see him again. Now he seems he's got a spring in his step, he's got his head up, his shoulders are puffed out, he's throwing the ball up and he's turning the ball, and it seems as though it's a different Jack Leach the way this the way this new group is. So yeah, I, I agree. I thought I thought that Jack had a, had a had a decent day. He just could have been a little bit more lucky and could have picked up a couple of wickets. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Moment of the day. Okay, moment of the day. Uh, it came with a score 210 for five. Stuart Broad was bowling and Carl uh, Verena um, was caught behind. He'd been, uh, he'd been worked out a little bit um, by Broad, a bit angling it in on the pads, and then he, um, he got one just to move away, attach or hold its line. Um, but it was Stuart Broad's 100th wicket at Lord's. Will McPherson pointed out on Twitter that England haven't got a left-arm seamer who's taken 100 wickets in their career, and yet they've got two bowlers, right-arm bowlers, who've taken 100 wickets at a single venue. So, um, yeah, but look, wonderful moment for Stuart Broad. But the, the, the big question here is, is this going to be his final se- season? And, and the feeling is, this may well be his final, final three test matches, if he plays all three. I think it. I think it might be. I think it might be. I think. I think the talent selection was Ollie Robinson. I think Ollie Robinson to come in tell was the selectors sort of thinking. I'm not sure Stewart's going to get through these three test matches. 
he's the one I think that was more vulnerable than Potts or than Anderson. I think the the Robinson selection, they tried it in Australia, um, and it backfired against them. Largely down to the fact that Ollie Ollie's professionalism wasn't wasn't there. Um, do I, I hope he carries on, but I think there is signs that he's he's slowing down a touch. Um, not in anything other than just the spring in his step, and and it, it's not a negative thing I see here. It's just you bowl so many balls in your career, and you've only got so many balls to bowl in your career. And I think once you get over the tipping point, I think then the sort of the, the spring in the step, as much as you try your hardest, which I know for a fact Stuart is, it just isn't there anymore. And unfortunately, I think because of the age he's at and the, the age he started. I think the um, I think the the juggernaut is just chugging a little bit, unfortunately for Stuart. But you'll never see him give in. You'll never see him not throw everything at it. And I still, to this you know, sitting here watching him, the last session he threw everything at South Africa. He got the wicket, but there were signs in the middle session where you're thinking, is he just sort of losing the gallop a little bit? And I think I think that's why I probably they picked Robinson in the squad because you. Probably he'd be the one that comes in for for Broad at the uh, at, at Old Trafford, and then if it is going to be, then you, you wheel the two of them out at, at the Oval and give them the fun, the the the, the fair the farewell. And I don't know, I really don't know. I, part of us thinks yes, I would like, I wouldn't like the, I wouldn't like the demise to get any further than where it is now. I wouldn't like to see him go next year and think we've got seven Test matches, couple of injuries. He ends up playing four, and it looks as though I know what that's like because I did it my last my last season. I was a shadow of me. An 18-, 19-year-old Joe Root, Johnny Bairstow, Gary Hunts, these kids that want to play for him. And I'm sitting in the corner as a 35-year-old man, old has-been, who these kids have been looking at, 2005, all that. And I was a, and I was an overweight old fella who just went downhill very, very quickly. Stuart's not going to do that, but I hope he realizes that if he is just slowing down a little bit, go on a high. Don't don't go out on any sort of negativity. Go out on a high, and if it is at the end of this summer and they've had a great they've had a great summer, then 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 so be it. So quite possibly we are seeing signs of that. What is going to happen tomorrow? Okay, then, Harmy. What is going to happen on day three at Lords? Oh, I think I think it could be a long old day for England. I really do. I think it could be a long old day for England. They've never re- they've never had to set the game up first and foremost. So how they go about that mentally, and then how they go about that, and from a game plan point of view, would be is going to be very very intriguing against the bowling attack like they have. I think South Africa will get a hundred and fifty run lead by 11.40 tomorrow and by tea time tomorrow after, tomorrow night, sort of, what, 20 to 5, because we'll obviously have the extra time. I think England could be in a world of pain. I really do. I think this this bowling attack, I don't think we'll let England off. I think it's a, it's a very, very good bowling attack and I don't see them letting England off. Pace-wise, skill-wise, um... England to the come out swinging, possibly to try and put them off. But I've just got a funny feeling England might be about five or six down 
by the end of by tea time tomorrow afternoon, and they'll still be possibly in arrears. So I think it's going to be a long day for England. I think South Africa set the game up tomorrow to win by lunchtime on day four. Well, you heard it here first, folks, but don't let that put you off. You can still listen to the podcast uh, following day three and day four and day five, if Harmy is badly wrong in England, hit 500 over days three and four. Either way, we've had, uh, well, we've had a... We've had a really good day's cricket. We've had wickets, we've had runs, we've had notable moments, we've had wince-inducing uh, bowling, um, and we're no doubt going to get plenty more of the same on day three. So uh, thanks for listening uh, to the following on podcast. We will be back uh, tomorrow following play here at Lords on day three. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 